Welcome back, everyone, to the Men on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Brad Richard, and shortly we will be starting our next episode. We will be providing you tools, resources, and information that you can use to make your life just a little bit better. But before we do that, let's honor our country, and then we'll begin the podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the Men on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Brad Richard, and tonight is episode 53. Uh, We have a special guest with us tonight, Eric Winters, and he is from Australia, down under, and uh, we're going to have him on the show. Before we get started tonight, I do want to send out our prayers and our our condolences to the family Uh, the family members of the soldiers we lost today in Afghanistan in a suicide bombing. Um, There's a a lot of chaos and a lot of people hurting uh, at this time. And uh, I I want to put that out there on this specific day that we did lose many of our soldiers uh, in Afghanistan today. So our our heart goes out to the family members and and may they have the strength uh, to endure uh, what they're facing today. So with that being said, uh, I want to welcome all of you back to the Men on a Mission podcast. Tonight, Eric Winters is my special guest, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about Eric, and then I'm going to bring him on. And Eric, uh, let me start with this. Eric is a self-leadership coach. He is a black belt hand washer, and we'll need to get clarification on that. Uh, a speaker and an author with deep knowledge in the science of building courageous and emotionally intelligent mindsets. He spends much of his time developing authentically uh, courageous leadership through keynotes, workshops, and individual coaching. Eric is also the author of the book, Swipe Right on Your Best Self, Simple Steps to a Bolder Life with Fewer regrets. So please help me welcome Eric to the Men on a Mission podcast. Nice to have you, Eric. Thanks so much. Brad, it's a pleasure to be with you. It's your evening, I believe, where you are at the moment, and I'm calling from the future. So it's the, it's tomorrow. Uh, so, well, so hello from Sydney, Australia in the future. <laughs> yeah, with modern technology. Uh, um, I today was there was a lot of bad news uh, in the U.S. of A. 
And so uh, I, I hope your Friday uh, is, is, is going to turn out to be a lot better than our Thursday was, but you're right. Uh, we're, we're, uh, wrapping up and we're into Thursday evening here. So, uh, uh, hopefully, you know, when we get to your Friday <laughs> tomorrow, I hope it's a better day for us here. So, yeah. uh, I just, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to join me. I want to start off Eric with the first segment mm. and, uh, we'll do two. The first segment, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself your background, and if you have a personal story that you are willing to share, if you're, you know, uh, if you're uh, open to being vulnerable <laughs> and sharing your story, that would be fantastic. And then in the second segment, we are going to talk about uh, one word, authenticity, mm. and how that ties in to our emotions and definitely ties into our veterans. Um, you know, authenticity a big word uh and and you could probably go a real long time with that one word but but in the second segment i want to tie that into our veterans and how that is really um an important word to them and where they're at yeah absolutely yes there couldn't be more anything i think in life actually more important it's a it's an overused word but uh, we will get there later on so uh, a little bit about myself so today I am a self-leadership coach, uh, as you mentioned, uh, here in Sydney, Australia. I've been doing that for about uh, 12 years now, working with organizations to help their leaders to be more authentic, to show up as their best courageous selves in work. Uh, because in the workplace, the, the greatest work is done when we are courageous, when we're willing to step out of our comfort zones, to reach for more, to grow and to develop. But we're going to talk about myself in this section rather than uh, what I do. But today, that's what I do. But in the past, I had another life, Brad. So this, I had a, a in fact, I think if I look at my life, it's, I probably had about five lives. So in a previous life, I was actually an IT consultant. And I worked in Scotland and lived there for uh, eight years. I lived and worked in the Middle East, in uh, Abu Dhabi for a couple of years. And I, I tell you, leaving Scotland and going to work in Abu Dhabi really shook me up. I can admit to when I look back now, and I had no idea at the time, but growing up in the UK, just surrounded by people who were, of course, British. I only had British perspectives. So my view of the world was, was influenced by what I was immersed in and what I saw on TV, what my friends and family were saying and leaving Scotland and going to live and work in Abu Dhabi in the Middle East really was an eye opener. It's perhaps one of the best things I've done in my life because it exposed me to multiple perspectives. I met people from Sudan, from Syria, from Egypt, from Lebanon, from France, even some Americans, Brad. I thought we were exposed to the lot. And uh, I discovered that there are many different ways of looking at the world, of, uh, of engaging with life. Did that for a few years. And then I went to work in Munich at a fabulous time in uh, Munich in Germany. I'd encourage all your listeners, if you get a chance, when those planes start flying again, uh, 
Munich. It's just a beautiful, beautiful city uh, at the foot of the, the mountains. T tremendous time. So I was there for three years, speaking German, learning about the Germans, and again, exposure to another culture. But what I noticed, Brad, was it didn't matter which culture I was in, whether it was the Australian culture, the British culture, the Middle East, or Germany. I would be working with leaders who were all very, very talented, very, very skillful, with a lot of experience. And it turned out it didn't matter how skilled they were. There were those when the pressure was on, when the heat was on, and they were really challenged, half of them were able to step up into their best selves. They were somehow able to manage their minds, manage their behaviors, manage their equanimity, get the best out of themselves and get the best out of others at the same time. And it was a wonder to watch, tremendous. Then there was this other group. They were just as skilled. They knew just as much, just as intelligent. And yet, when challenges came, when the heat was on, when the, the airline booking system had collapsed and all the phones were ringing, or when the bank uh, ATM system, the, the cash boxes, when they went down and people couldn't get money out, and again, the phones started ringing. We were managing these systems. There's a lot of excitement, I can tell you, when these services stop working and you're responsible for them. So half of the people were able to do great work, fix things quickly, but this other half would lose it. To some degree, they would lose it. And then they would infect the people they work with, with their panic, with their anxiety. And emotions are contagious, all of them. And I think people underestimate, Brad, just how influential they are. Every one of us is influencing those around us, uh, maybe deliberately or inadvertently, with whatever state we have. So these managers were doing really poor work, and it took them perhaps six to seven times as long to meet their challenges effectively, because they, they went to, into this fight or flight state. They were reactive rather than intentional. And I wondered what made the difference here. And I was really curious. And it turns out there is a rich science. There's a lot of research has been done into how can we, how can all of us manage our minds and our bodies more effectively so that we can meet challenges more effectively. And so I've taken a deep dive into the science of human behavior and meeting challenges. And I've got two master's degrees now in that topic. And I've taken the, the most impactful and effective strategies out of that. And that's what I shared today with people because we're all going to be challenged. Now, a lot of your listeners have had extraordinary challenges in their lives, which have left marks. And the reality is that everyone in life is going to be challenged one way or another and there are two sets of challenges the challenges we did not ask for thank you very much uh, pandemics come to mind job losses uh, personal relationship breakdown you know there's, there's all sorts of challenges in life that, that come to us which we did not ask for but we need to somehow navigate we've got to navigate them but also 
the most rewarding experiences in our life also include challenge, things that we did ask for. So perhaps it could be careers. We stepped up and we applied. Perhaps we may have applied for a life of service, or maybe you decided you wanted to become an entrepreneur, a start a side business, could be a small one or a big one. Starting a relationship, Brad, there are no relationships without challenges. I defy anyone to, uh, to, to rock up and say, no, no, I've got a challenge-free relationship. Anyone's got kids, hugely rewarding, but hey, challenging. So if we are going to have a, a richly rewarding, meaningful life, it's going to be one that's going to be challenging. And it's going to have challenges that we do choose for ourselves. So the better we can get at meeting our challenges, not avoiding them, not uh, numbing ourselves, not kidding ourselves, but the more we can be uh, skillful at identifying what matters to us personally and then managing our minds and having the skill set to be able to take action to move towards what we want, then the more personally rewarding our lives are going to be. And it is a set of skills. It doesn't matter where you are now. In a sense, it doesn't really matter what happened yesterday. I'm not interested in what happened to people yesterday. Today, every day is new and fresh. And every day presents new opportunities for all of us to decide what kind of people do we want to be today? What do we care about today? How can we be of service to others today? How can we grow? How can we develop? How can we become a little bit bolder today in doing more of what matters? And these are skills. And that's what I've uh, included in my book, showing people what the skills are. We can all develop them. Every one of us can reduce our reactivity and we can all boost our proactivity our capacity to do more of what matters. And as I look back at my life, the, the best things I have done have been ones which I was, uh, I was afraid and still took action. I don't think I regret anything that I've done that didn't work out. And there's been plenty that have done that has not worked out. Relationships that have failed, investments that have gone south, plenty. But it's those moments where I've been willing to step out of the comfort zone and take a risk, take a chance and move into new territory and expand my mission. And I love the name of your podcast, Men on a Mission. We all need a mission, but the mission we need to identify is our own mission, not the mission that our families want for us or our culture or our broader society, not what others are going to applaud and thank us for, but we need to author, and more about that in the second half, author our own mission. And it's not something that we ever finish. It's something we do on an ongoing basis. So these podcasts, I'm up to my 50th podcast now, so I'm very pleased to be celebrating that with uh, you, Brad. But these things, are, yeah, they're uncomfortable to begin with. You're not sure how they're going to go. Are you going to look silly? Are you going to fail? But it's been really rewarding. I've met so many wonderful people by being willing to take a chance 
when I get up on stage and talk to thousands of people. When I began doing that, it was daunting. It was daunting, but I had a compelling why. I wanted to share these ways that all of us can live bigger and bolder lives. So it's in those occasions when I've been able to identify a, a compelling why in my life that has supported me in taking bold action. And perhaps the first time was actually leaving the UK, leaving the UK to go to the Middle East. That was a, a scary thing to do. A friend of mine had actually been promoted to be my manager uh, in IBM in Edinburgh. And she came along one day and said, look, Eric, it's not entirely up to you, but if you want it, I can give you this voluntary redundancy. But you have to decide within a week. I didn't want to go. I wasn't interested in leaving this safe environment. I had a career mapped out. I thought I was going to be there forever. But I, and initially I said, no, not interested. But as the week we're on, I thought about it, thought about it, and was uh, curious just how, how big could a life be? And I took a chance and said yes. And I had a very bad couple of weeks wondering if I'd destroyed my, my life, but things picked up since then. And I met so many fabulous people, learned so much. And now I'm, I'm sharing what I've learned with people all around the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I had a question. I wanted to step back just like three steps. When you were talking about challenges, um, mm. you know, I know my brothers and sisters in the military, um, we all have a lot, a lot of challenges um today uh and and in the past as well as the future i'm sure do you think that it, people look at challenges i i think in two ways or, or you have two types of people you have individuals that choose their challenges and you have people that have those challenges chosen for them and, and I see that it's it's a perspective of looking forward or looking backwards. And do you think, in your opinion, that if you choose the challenge before the challenge chooses you, is that more empowering? Mm. And is that more of a confidence builder? So that when the challenges come along that you didn't choose, you're able to deal with them better. Yeah, absolutely. So you have a track record. Yeah, the, the, the attitude that we bring to our challenges, it makes all the difference. So this is, this is ancient Stoic wisdom. Seneca, uh, Seneca the Younger, the, he said, this Stoic philosopher, the wise man does nothing unwillingly. So what he's advocating is when challenges come, do it willingly. And... Uh, Jocko Willink, which I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with, Jocko says, when you are challenged, say good. Now, that's an extreme response to being challenged. This is the ultimate in acceptance. But he'll say, yeah, I'm being challenged. Good. It'll be an opportunity to, to grow, to discover, to do, to find out more of what I'm capable. So the attitude that if, when we when we feel that we are choosing, that we are in control that we are deciding for ourselves that boosts a sense of of autonomy in life 
and it is an empowering mental state. When we're in a state of feeling that we are coerced, that something is forced upon us, that we have to do something, it is actually a disempowering state. So it is important wherever possible to intentionally, even if we, you know, we'd much rather this particular challenge in a perfect world would not have happened. But if we can say, okay, it is here, it is here, right. I'm willing to take ownership for my responses to this. I choose to be my best as I face this challenge. And it is truly empowering. It is an empowering stance to choose. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I, I think the, uh, I think the soldiers, uh, you know, military personnel, uh, my brothers and sisters in, in arms, they have, when it comes to the military mission, or when it comes to uh, a mission that they want to accomplish in their squad or platoon or in, in their company or in, you know, in their team, they face that as, as an opportunity to succeed. And they are willing to take on, you know, huge, dangerous, um, fatal, you know, challenges uh, to try to get through it, uh, like the the soldiers today that lost their lives, they were there to rescue people and to get people out of Afghanistan. Um, Af Afghanistan people that helped us, as well as other Americans, and they faced that that really tough challenge. And in previous pod podcast episodes, uh, we've kind of touched base on this in the civilian world. I see a lot of veterans struggle to make that commitment or to decide which challenges they're going to, that they're going to take on because they feel alone. They feel like this is a big challenge. And if I had the support, if I had my, my buddies, my battle buddies, if I had my team with me, we could just, you know, just kick the shit out of this challenge and i know we could we, we 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 would make it happen we can we can make that uh a reality and we can accomplish that now individual veterans when they come back into the civilian world the civilian mindset is more self-centered more me 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 and they people generally speaking are not willing to ju to jump in and help somebody else with the challenge. Does that make sense? And mm. so, you know, the, the challenges of, of people's lives in the civilian world is very difficult for men and women in the military, because that is bred into them. You either succeed together or you fail together. You either cheer together or you cry together. And that mindset is extremely difficult to find in the civilian world because nobody is really going to care that much about you as the average person in the civilian world. So that's where, you know, veterans have to take all of that energy and all of that team commitment or personal mission statement okay and they have to move forward 
on their own. And it is going to be more difficult to do that because they don't have their buddies, you know, behind them and, and no one's going to have their back, but them. So that's where I see the veteran struggle with, with, you know, facing the challenges and the difference between the civilian side and the military side. Um, Yes. Yeah. It's the reason that I do the podcast because it's my way of giving back to my brothers and sisters um, because they're not meant to be alone. They are at their best. Their, their best selves are when they're, you know, common good, common mission, common goal. And, and cause they're, they're, they're fighters. They're a fighting machine, you know, and they're, but they're only one part of that machine. And so I am helping in, in, in the ways that I can to help them get to that place of being a team within themselves. Mm. And none of us can do this alone. Mm-hmm. None of us, we, we do not thrive well alone. And there's a lot about our culture, which tells us lies. You know, these are unhelpful, toxic lies that we are drip fed by our culture that says you ought to be able to do this by yourself. You ought to be able to individually, alone and heroically have a successful life without support what's wrong with you you're weak if you uh, if you need to collaborate or cooperate or work with others mm-hmm. so we live in a very individualistic society and it's just not true we all need to be part of a team we mm-hmm. need to we need to develop peer groups now when you're in the uh, the services you're given a team it's given to you but when you're out you need to find a peer group, a support group, a community of people who do share your interests and will step up and provide mutual support. And mm-hmm. it, it, it does exist. So in, in my own world of behavioral science, I'm part of a much bigger uh, association of people who are, are have a mission to share these skills to help others. And there's wonderful mutual support and love and compassion and care for one another. An enormous generosity of spirit. Now that, I take it, that's not typical of many organizations, but we can, I think, I think we've, we've got the tools nowadays to be able to reach out and you're using some of the, the modern tools, the modern technologies to share and to support and that's what we we all need to do. None of us can can do good work alone. I've tried to work alone, Brad. I've tried to do it by myself. And you, you get a little way and then you stop. The reality is we are all mutually independent. We need to give up this idea that we can fly solo. And instead, we all need to sort of fly in a squadron. We need wingmen. We need mm-hmm. to look out for each other. Fly, and yeah. we Fly, yeah, like flying information, right? Yes, yeah, and yeah, um, and, you know, geese this, can do it. <laughs> did you say birds can do it? Yeah, you watch yes. those geese. <laughs> it's not the same one at the front. You know, they take turns. They, take they turns move around. Where they the support. one at the front gets tired, right? Yeah. Ex- exactly. Exactly. This, this would be a good time for us to to uh, to take our short break. 
And uh, when we come back in the second segment, uh, I want to talk to you about authenticity and I want to find out more about your book, Swipe mm. Right. Mm. And uh, that's an interesting title. So you know, I, I don't want to run out of time and I know that you're on a, on a, on a time schedule as well. So uh, folks, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will continue speaking with Eric Winters. And we're going to be talking in the second segment about authenticity and his book, Swipe Right. So stay with us and we'll be right back. Welcome our new sponsor, Scars and Stripes Coffee Company. They empower veterans to build their own business using their e-commerce platform. When you purchase from Scars and Stripes Coffee, you are buying from a veteran and your purchase directly impacts the men and women who have served our country. Do more than say, thank you for your service. Order today and empower a veteran. Use vet code Brad Richard at scarsandstripescoffee.com. That's scarsandstripescoffee.com. Welcome back to the Men on a Mission podcast. And uh, we have been speaking with Eric Winters, and we will have his information in the show notes, how you can connect with him online, uh, his website, um, Facebook, LinkedIn, and, and social media. So you'll be able to connect with Eric uh, in the show notes. But we were kind of talking off uh, off air a little bit and we were talking about the mission and we were talking about the disconnect between a military mission and a personal mission. And, and if you can kind of touch base on that um, and kind of bring in the authenticity aspect of it. And then we definitely want to talk about your book. So uh, go, go ahead and continue on with what we were talking about uh, mm. on there. Yeah, we were saying how, you know, when you're in the service, whatever service it is, you are given missions and you're, you're given a purpose, really. Here is what you're going to do. Go and do it. And, and people grasp that. And, you know, and it's enormously rewarding to all human beings to have a purpose, to have something to be ambitious about. This is my purpose. This is what I am going to make happen. We need this. All of us need to be living purposeful lives. And whether you're in corporate life or in service, people are given missions. However, when you leave the service, no one's giving you a mission anymore. And this is a, a, a skill, being able to craft and define your own mission, not someone else's mission, but to decide for yourself, okay, What's what when I get to the end of my life and I'm looking back, what will have to have happened for me to be personally proud, proud of what where I invested my energy, what what matters enough that I should focus on it? What should I be prioritizing in my life? Now that's not something you can do in a minute or two. It's something that you need to spend a, a lot of time on thinking about actually, yeah, what what is that important? What do I care about? And a lot of people focus just on stuff, on materials. Oh, I'd, I'd like to get a, a car, a house, uh, a, a wife, a family, a thing. But life isn't really about those, those results, those events. It's about the, the getting there. It's the journey there. So what kind of people do we want to be as we navigate whatever life throws at us? So we do need to craft an authentic life. 
We need to author our lives, Brad. We had a palliative care nurse down here in uh, Australia called Bronnie Ware, and she wrote a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. And the number one regret of the dying, and she was spending time with people in their last few days and weeks. Number one regret she heard more than anything else was, you know what? I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life that others expected of me. I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life that others expected of me. Now, this message from the dying is a gift to the living. And it's a reminder that we need to to live lives true to ourselves. So the first question is, what would that look like? What matters enough to you that you're going to make your life about it? Not what your family wants, your parents want, your community, the broader society, but actually, what are you going to choose to do? To choose to do. So we need to craft our own personal mission statement. That's the first thing. And it, that gives us purpose. But it's not enough to know what you want, how you'd like to show up. The challenge then is actually doing it because it actually setting yourself a personally ambitious goal about the kind of person you'd like to be, the kind of service you'd like to offer others, the kind of colleague you'd like to be, the kind of partner you'd like to be. That's going to be challenging. That's going to be challenging. So we need to manage ourselves and lower our reactivity because it's normal to be reactive but develop skills to minimize that reactivity and then take action each day, take action towards living like the kind of people we want to be crafting and then living our mission. So it's something that we do, Brad. It's something that you, uh, something that you do and it needs a person's why needs to be as big we, we were talking about that off air it needs to be as large or as big as a military operation as a military mission where you have a set of coordinates you have a set of plans you have a sop standard operating procedure and you and you have everything laid out and the the operation is supposed to go a specific way and it's a big operation that you're part of so our personal mission statements need to carry the same weight. They need to yeah. be that big, that large. With I think so. I, and you know, ambition has a bad name, doesn't it? People say, oh, so-and-so, so ambitious. And when we think of the word ambition, people think of businessmen ripping others off, perhaps. But I think we should reclaim this word. We, we all need to live with large personal ambition. And really be ambitious about the quality of our relationships with other people. Be ambitious about learning new skills, learning new things. Be ambitious about savoring life's pleasures. Be ambitious about that. To be ambitious about teaching others, sharing what we've learned with others. And it it, it doesn't matter really whether you want to have a, it doesn't matter. The thing is you can have a really ambitious small goal, but you can still be ambitious about how you do things. 
but we we really do need to dial up a sense of yeah excitement and interest and joy in crafting our own mission and living it each day and it's a it's a choice it's something we do right throughout the day it's not like we 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 do it at one point of the day it's something we we turn back to again and again because we decide right throughout the day where am i going to place my attention now when i talk to brad how do i want to be with him what qualities am i going to express when i'm with whoever i'm with so yes we need to set ourselves a a, a meaningful mission that we recognize that we feel not that we know but we feel is worthy of us that is worthy of us i, I think i think that uh you brought up I, I don't know if it was at the end of the first segment or at the beginning of this one but you did bring up peer groups uh, yes peer groups power of association um you know like minds that type of thing and even though you may be trying to formulate your own personal mission and and trying to move forward with that and and answering the questions you know that that you ask um finding others that are doing doing something similar or even very very similar to, to what you're what you're trying to do is um it, i mean you can't put a price on that because you can proceed forward with a personal mission and it sounds funny, but you, but it's very beneficial to do it as a team oh, by finding massively. others that are doing, you know, uh, run with the Eagles. Okay. That type of thing. And, and, yes. uh, and so fly that's with them. Yeah. Fly <laughs> with the Eagles. And when, and when the front one gets tired, you know, step yeah. in and let them take a rest in the back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. We need each other, Brad. We absolutely need one another. No one has every, alone all the skills and wherewithal and contacts and knowledge to be able to do anything in life alone. We, we overlook just how interconnected we are. We can't even feed ourselves, you know, because I go to a shop. I don't, I imagine you don't uh, have chickens that grow their own, make eggs. And you, I expect you don't make your own bread all the time. I expect you don't uh, make your own petrol, uh, craft your own vehicle, you know, pretty much everything we do in life we are interdependent. We are all of us sharing different capabilities with, with one another. So we need to embrace that. And there are support groups out there. There are people who are willing, willing to share what they know and in communities, and we can share what we know. And together, we can all lift each other up. Yeah, no man is an island or woman for that matter. Absolutely. And there is, you know, that, that is a, a thought of encouragement, uh, I would think to the veterans that listen, you know, to my podcast, uh, they were so good at what they did when they were in the mm. military, they were, they were, you know, at the top of their game, uh, they were the best of the best. Uh, the best sharpshooter, you know, the best, the, the best to read a compass or, you know, whatever their, their MOS was and taking that into a civilian mindset or living in a, in a, in a civilian world to create that pers personal mission statement and then surround themselves with a squad, a platoon, a company, 
and 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 use that military mindset to continue forward uh, on a personal basis. And I think that, you know, is so very important. A lot of the episodes that a lot of the past episodes have kind of, you know, brought that uh, in the forefront and uh, it's doable. It's doable. The, uh, the suicides that I, I, you may be aware of this uh, in, in America, our numbers fluctuate between 22 and 24 every day yeah. uh, with suicides. And we're losing so many of our veterans and they see suicide as uh, a previous guest, you know, shared with me that they look at, at suicide as not something scary. It's not something mm -hmm. that they fear cool. because they have spent so much time exposed to death and the loss of life. So it's very um, desensitizing and they're missing that mission. They're missing that team. But what you're saying and, and what I've said in the past is um, that doesn't have to be the case. That any veteran no. today can formulate their own mission statement and, and choose that challenge, but bring in, you know, battle buddies into their plan and, and, and run forward with that. So yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And and, you know, we don't need to, if, if you're starting in a place of, of deep despondency and despair, as many people are, then we, we, we cannot ask anyone to go from that position to suddenly having an awe-inspiring life vision statement. We want to start with small ambitions that actually, my ambition is to spend, to have a good hour you know, I'm just looking ahead one hour. What am I going to do? What would make this next hour worthwhile? And it might be, you know what? I'd go out and get some fresh air. I'd, I'd do some reading. I'd do some reading. I'd learn, I'd learn one new thing in this next hour. We need to have an, an on-ramp to slowly taking on a little bit more. So you can have a mission for the next hour. What would make the next hour worthwhile? And then when you've had that, savor the success. This is so important. A lot of people just kind of roll like tumbleweed through life, never pausing. And you get to the end, what, what did I do? What did I accomplish? So we need to have small wins initially during the day and to savor them, to taste them and acknowledge them. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Own it. Own your successes. Each time we pause to own our successes, it just builds a little bit more strength, a little bit more sense of capability and possibility. And that on-ramp can get steeper and steeper and take us higher and higher over time. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to, to uh, speak to your audience and say, you've got to go immediately to having a, a total life plan, which excites you for your entire life. Right. That can be a, that can be a big ask if you're in a low place, which every a lot of us are. I think a a hourly or daily mission uh, is is uh, is a, is a great stepping stone, you know. And uh, just for some of them, even getting out of the house, yeah, uh, or doing something as simple as you know going shopping, or walking walking their dog, or 
calling, you know, calling somebody and uh, talking through, you know, their emotions and their feelings and their, their disgust and their anger and all that, all, all those things, even those small steps, um, they can be identified as a mission. And then, like I, you said, when you accomplish that, when you get to the end of that hour or the end of that day, uh, embrace that and, and the results from that. And then tomorrow, uh, stretch a little further. And, and that's, yep. what so, that's what soldiers do. They just, uh, they need to do that for themselves, you know, <laughs> not, yeah. uh, not necessarily for the Army or the USA or the Marine Corps or the Air Force. They need to do that for themselves. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if, and of, of course, I, I hope that the people who are in that a very dark place will reach out to professional services, because when you do have a counselor or a coach, they will help you to set personal missions. They will assist you. And, and these things are really good. You know, it's hard to do it by alone. So even just talking it out to, with someone else, thinking out loud, it's a weird thing, but we all think better in the presence of somebody else. If we just sit there with our heads, think thoughts going around in our head, we don't really get, get anywhere. But if we sit with someone who's a, a, a good listener, a good listener, someone who cares and articulate our thinking, and our, as you say, our concerns, our difficulties, articulate it, and then also articulate how we'd like things to be better, just a little bit better we can make a lot more progress again in that team of two in that team of two rather than just trying to do it all by ourselves. Mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah that, that's that's something that uh that i talk about uh, I've, I've mentioned it and brought it up in in past episodes and i want to make sure that you get a chance to talk about your book and we're down to the uh, last three four minutes okay. but uh <laughs> when you said a team of two Yep. Uh, something that I teach is self-parenting and that's kind of an honest statement, but self-parenting, my definition of self-parenting is going back and parenting our little selves and being responsible for the hopes and dreams we had as children and being responsible and protecting them and moving forward towards those very things that our little little people wanted to do when they were young and it takes self-parenting and as an adult to parent your little self you have to get those little people in check you have to get them in a place where they will let you run the show that they will let you um direct the course of your life. And if you do go down a road that is contradictory or not what you dreamed of and what you truly are passionate about and what excites you inside, uh, they will let you know in many different ways, not outright, but you'll have subconscious thoughts. You'll have things that happen that you don't know why, et cetera, et cetera, but they, they will throw up, you know, roadblocks. And, uh, mm. and so that is, that is something that I think is important to reconnect with them and embrace them, protect them and let them know that you're the adult, you're the one that can make things happen and you do it as a team become 
a team of two, you and your little self. Yeah, well, this is... And you, uh, and you run together. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. And in fact, this is this feeds very nicely into just quickly talking about the book because that idea of self-kindness, because you're talking about being kind to that little self, you know, taking care of them. This idea of self-kindness has been shown again and again in research to be something that actually emboldens us we become bolder in life more capable of making of navigating life's challenges not when we're we're self-critical which you'd think would drive us you'd think if i'm really severe with myself and i whack myself with a with a painful stick surely surely that that'll that'll fix things not no it turns out it's the opposite when we're kind to ourselves, and that doesn't mean letting ourselves off the hook doesn't mean indulging ourselves because it's if you were with a little kid if a kid every time asks for you know, chocolate sweets or what have you it's not a kindness to say yes every time so we need do need to learn to be friendly and kind to ourselves and that is a, a core part is one of the three mindsets that i outline in my book that we need to develop to enable us to live courageously authentic lives. Often, it's often called self-compassion. Right. Yeah. That's um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that there's, um, there's another mindset I'd like to encourage all, all your listeners to develop in, to support them. Again, it's a mindset that's going to support you in living a courageously authentic life. And I call it defiant gratitude, Brad, an attitude of defiant gratitude. If we look outside, there's a lot of advertising telling us that actually you are not enough. Look at this billboard. You are, you're not attractive enough. Look how attractive everybody is in this billboard. You are not attractive enough. You're not young enough, popular enough, or rich enough. So buy our thing whatever it is by our fragrance if you only smell like this then it would change your life so many lies told to us by advertising and they undermine us even if we look at it and we laugh and say, ah, i don't believe it i'm not i don't i don't need a new a new phone new car whatever that skin cream i don't need any of that another part of us is watching the advertising and is absorbing us absorbing the message mm -hmm. and and our sense of self is diminished by continual exposure to messaging that says you are not enough and all of us are vulnerable to this and it could be that your listeners are additionally vulnerable because they're already sometimes at a, at a low a low place mm -hmm. so receiving all that messaging that says you are not enough is unhelpful the antidote to this messaging that we get from society telling us this consumer society telling us that you are not enough the antidote is actually defiant gratitude defiant because in the face of all of this messaging that we are not enough we can choose to enjoy and savor the things in life that we do have the so Advertising shows you what you don't have, but the antidote is for us to deliberately and intentionally appreciate 
what we do have. Right now, we're having a call across the world in real time, Brad. This is a miracle. This is extraordinary. So we need to just pause and say, wow, my goodness. How amazing is this? But every day, we, we've all of us got little things in our life that we take for granted. We love them when we first got them, and then we just kind of take them for granted. There's So intentionally enjoying what we have already in our life, our relationships, fresh air, hot and cold running water. Emperors, until recently, Brad, did not have hot and cold running waters, okay? The most powerful people on the planet for most of human history could not turn a tap and get hot water, wash their hands with a bit of soap. So we, we, we kind of take for granted a lot of stuff we, we, we've all got now. Libraries, you know, we can, there's books you can get to read. The internet, all sorts of little things that we can do. And it turns out that if just a few times a day, just a couple of times a day, if we just pause and enjoy small pleasures, it, in a sense, Brad, there are no small pleasures because when you pause and you savor anything, anything, it could be a cup of coffee, enjoy it, feel, enjoy the aroma, enjoy the sensation in your mouth, enjoy the flavor. That pleasure, if you stay with it, and this is the problem, a lot of people kind of ice skate over pleasure, but we don't want to skate over it, we want to stay with it, stop, enjoy it, immerse ourselves in the pleasure. That pleasure changes us, but not if we move on too quickly. What most of us do is we'll have a coffee and we'll watch TV and scroll our email at the same time. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, that does not stick. The pleasure does not stick. But if we can stay with it. So I'd like to share in, in uh, as we wrap up, I'd like to share one exercise, my favorite exercise for really developing a strong sense of gratitude. And I call it the ultimate gratitude exercise, the ultimate gratitude exercise. And it's this. It's the next time you do something that you like, do it as though you were doing it for the last time as though so let's say it's a cup of coffee just imagine i don't know why but for some reason there's not going to be any more coffee on the planet coffee crops have failed that's it it's water from now on or tea even worse for an american a cup of tea but so imagine you have a cup of coffee and it's your last one how much attention would you give your final cup of coffee your last one, or maybe if you're a smoker, your cigarette, how much attention would you give to that experience? If it's a bit of chocolate, you're having a bit of chocolate, how much attention would you give to that if it was your final opportunity to savor that? And I'm pretty confident that people would fully immerse themselves like they had never done in their life they would squeeze the pleasure out of that last coffee, that last cigarette, that last bit of chocolate. They would squeeze every last drop out of it, fully immerse themselves. And it turns out when we engage in brief, these are brief gratitude exercises. I'm talking about 10, 15 seconds worth. When we do that just a couple of times a day, 
we get stronger. It builds an inner strength. And that is an antidote to this constant messaging that actually you are not enough. We need to do that. So that's just one of the strategies, I call it defiant gratitude, that I touch upon in my book about swiping right, that's to say choosing to be your best self. Swiping right. Folks, I would encourage you to get a copy of Eric's book, Swipe Right. We'll have a link in the show notes and uh, uh, great stuff. Uh, Eric, I appreciate you being open and, and just giving so much uh, uh, excellent information, thought, thought provoking and inspiring information. And, uh, you know, definitely check out the links in the show notes, folks, so you can connect with Eric and we'll have all that there for you. Um, we're going to wrap up though. We are down to just a few seconds. So, um, I want to thank you for tuning in to the men on a mission podcast and I'm your host, Brad Richard. And once again, thank you, Eric Winters for being on the men on a mission podcast. Um, I appreciate it very, very it's much. Been a real pleasure, Brad. Thank you for having me on. You're, you're very welcome. I'm going to wrap up like I always do. Remember to take care of your little me. Um, love them. Take care of them. Protect them. Because they need you more than you can imagine. It, until next time, take care of yourself and love yourself. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode of the Men on a Mission podcast. Bye for now. First to fight for the right and to build the nation's might.